Welcome to the Soul Church Sunday Service Podcast. Well, we're going to carry on uh, in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 8. I'm just going to read a couple of verses um, from the reading earlier. And I'm going to ask, talk to, ask God to speak to each one of us. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The time is coming, declares the Lord, and I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbour or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, it has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and ageing will soon disappear. Let's talk to God together and ask him to talk to each one of us. Heavenly Father, please, Lord Jesus, would you speak now? Lord, give me the words to say. Help me. Lord, help everyone here to listen, Father, to hear what you have to say to them. Lord, cut through our distractions and our doubts. Lord, by your spirit, move our hearts. Jesus, be very real to us. We need you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is nothing more maddening or distressing than when faced with a choice joining a losing team or, or jumping onto a sinking ship. Like when you're watching a film and, and the lead character in, in a bank robbery film has the option to go straight and be a family man but decides to do just one last job, not knowing what we, know, we, we the audience know, that the coppers are about to bust the whole outlaw crew. And rather than heading off into the sunset to family bliss, he gets locked up for the rest of his life. Now we're all faced with a choice. The Bible puts it very clearly. We are faced with either choosing life or choosing death. Blessings or curses. Eternal life or eternal damnation. You can trust Jesus or you can trust yourself. That's the choice that we all face. We will either be saved by the new covenant, the promise or the oath, as we heard last week, isn't it, of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, atoning for our sins, or we are condemned under the old covenant, the covenant of works, trusting in our own merits, our own works, but never being able to meet the required standards. Life and death, blessings and curses, Jesus or self-righteousness. The writer of Hebrews is addressing the people who themselves are facing a choice. Who have come to know the promises of God, who have heard the good news of Jesus, but are thinking of leaving the church and going back to the temple. Forsaking the new covenant for the old, because it's familiar, because it seems easier. The church is getting persecuted and attacked and they're laughed at 
and rounded up and robbed and all sorts. But the writer wants them to know that no matter how tough things seem to now with Jesus and the church, the other way of life has no future. It has no future. The temple is going to be destroyed. It's obsolete because it was meant to point to Jesus and Jesus has come. But more than it being obsolete, it soon will disappear. Like it was, it's going to be destroyed. Just like it was by the Romans in AD 70. He was warning them, do not join a sinking ship. Do not forsake eternal life for eternal damnation. See, the Old Testament saints, they knew they were looking forward to a better age, a better reality. When Jesus would come, the age of the church, where we didn't have to come to one geographical place, but the church went global. And likewise, the church knows that we're looking forward to a better reality. When Jesus comes again and ushers in the new heavens and the new earth, See, the people in the church, the, the, the writing to, they're not seeing that. They're just seeing the tough times. And they're thinking that if this is it, then maybe they've got it wrong. They want what's promised. They want to, to ride off into the sunset. But they aren't realising they need to stick with Jesus. Not realizing that if they forsake Jesus, they are forsaking the promise. And just like the temple, they will be destroyed. The Bible tells us that Abraham was looking forward to a heavenly homeland. A city whose builder and architect is God, it says later in Hebrews. We'll get to that. We're looking for it, he was looking for a heavenly homeland, as are we. That's our hope as Christians. We have a taste of it in church, but we haven't got the full reality yet. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Painted in those verses from Jeremiah 31 that, that he quotes, that I just read. When we will have the law fully written on our hearts and our minds, where sin will not ruin us and ravish us and derail us, when all our neighbours and family will know the Lord, there'll be no more need for evangelism. That's the future reality. That time is coming. But it is not yet, is it? That's the future reality. In the new heavens and the new earth. But that is not yet. The Old Testament saints had the promise and the pictures. And we have the promise and the partial fulfilment. But we're looking forward to the full reality. Because the truth is, isn't it? We, we need to read and learn and apply the words of God. To let it change us and shape us. The truth is, I was trying really hard. But I sat to look at that verse a couple of times. After how many months you've been doing it. And I know most of you were reading it too. Right? I think Pete was giving it a good go. Well done, Pete. You know, but if it was written on our heart, we wouldn't need it, we'd know it, wouldn't we? 
We aren't the people we once were, perhaps, praise God, but we aren't the people we want to be either, are we? If you've trusted Jesus, we, we know that God's Spirit lives inside of us, but the flesh is weak, and we fall and we fail. Maybe you're fed up of making the same mistakes. You think that maybe it's easier to, to walk away than to keep fighting. You want that future reality now, and you're impatient. You think that you should be better, you should be godlier, you should be more different by now. And you're beginning to think, what is the point? What's the point? But friends, don't run away from Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Run to him. Keep striving for perfection. Keep fighting temptation. Keep killing sin. Keep absorbing God's word. Keep reading RBT. Listening and, and really listening in church. Take hold of the promise. Realise that the best is yet to come and don't give up. We know a taste, don't we? We know a taste. We know God's spirit living in us. We know and can, he speaks to us through his word. And we see people being we, in the church, isn't it? We know where we're at a little bit. We know our sins are forgiven, don't we? I reminded you earlier, isn't it? Every week you remind you, your sins are forgiven in Jesus. We know, we, we know like the formula, don't we? We know the theory. But sometimes we just can't forget our sins, can we? We can't forget them, even though we know we're forgiven. And things that we've repented of, things that we've dealt with with God years ago, still come up, don't they? They still bubble up to the surface in our minds and in our hearts. We have to go back to them again to remind ourselves that we're forgiven. But a day is coming when all our sins will not only be forgiven, but they'll be forgotten. Not just forgotten by God, but forgotten by us. When every t- all our sins and all our tears will be wiped away. In the new heavens and the new earth. We know in part now, but one day we will know in full. We know who is in and who is out in God's family, don't we? To a degree, because we, we have church membership, isn't it? Things are clearer than they used to be. That's Renan Anken, but that's a different story for a different day. We know a taste of heaven because we have a family of faith, don't we? A community that we belong to and that you can belong to where we all know God for ourselves. But the present reality isn't the future reality because our neighbours aren't all saved, are they? Our family members aren't all saved. Just like the church this letter is written to, we very much feel like we are in the minority at times, don't we? And we are, aren't we? In work and in school, even in our own families. This beautiful valley of Nice, isn't it? Still has many, many lost souls that we need to teach to know the Lord. We have to take hold of the promises of Jesus for ourselves in the first place, We need to receive him and then we have a role to play in realising those promises for ourselves and for those around us.
The kingdom of God is coming. Jesus tells us over and over in the Gospels. And we need to invite as many people as possible to join them too. We have the church, but we long for heaven. We long for the day when we all know that all people around us, are the pe- all the people in the supermarket, at the school gate, are part of God's family. Are part of our church family. There's a time coming where there'll be no more need for evangelism. But that time is not yet. If we have Jesus, we have the ultimate answer to all of life's problems. We have the power to change. We have the one who brings heaven to earth. We have a home and a future that is secure. We have a glorious future. A glorious promise. So that when times are tough, when your friends in school laugh at you for going to church, when you feel like life will be easier if you didn't follow Jesus, when you wish that you were in control, when you're fed up of making the same mistakes and think things will never get better, you think, what's the point? We can look to Jesus. We can fix our eyes on Jesus. We can choose life. See, the the, the ship of religious works, of of self-righteousness, trying to earn God's favour, that old covenant, that old way, do this and live, that ship isn't sailing off into the sunset. It may may appear like calmer waters, like like the broad and easy roads, but it's headed to the depths of the abyss. Where... Whereas the ship of the good news of Jesus, the church, is sailing to paradise, isn't it? We are homeward bound. It may be travelling through rough seas. Things might be difficult. The, uh, the standard of the ship might not be quite as luxurious. But its destination is glorious. And its safe passage is sure. It's safe and secure because Jesus has gone before us. He is in heaven. He is our high priest. Not on earth, but in heaven interceding for us. He's gone before us. You know, it's like, a bit like the Titanic, isn't it? It's like the most technological, most advanced, most luxurious is it a steam liner. I don't know, wherever it was. Massive, great blinking ship, isn't it? Have you ever seen the film with all the chandeliers, isn't it? And, and the fine dyeing, all the silverware. You're on that. I suppose, right, we better get on the lifeboat now. Tiny little plain, little poxy lifeboat. Well, why would I do that? I know, there's, there's music and there's dancing and there's, you know, we're having a good time here. Look at, this, look at this ship, it's great. But it's not so good when that ship sinks, is it? When it sucks you under into the cold abyss. There's safety in Jesus in his church. 
He has gone before us to make a way. That path is secure. Like Jesus says in John 14, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place I am going. Thomas, like most of us, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is in heaven right now. Your great high priest who's gone before you to prepare a place for you. There is a way for you to get to heaven. There's a way for you to receive all the promises of God. To be sure and secure in that glorious future of peace and happiness, of forgiveness and love. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is all we need. He is the only priest you need. Isn't it? Last week we looked at isn't it? Everyone, everyone needs a priest, don't they? We all, we all have one, whether you realise it or not. We need Jesus. It's Jesus who is greater than Moses, who's superior to Abraham. He is the reality of all the pictures, all the priests, the reality of all the promises and all the sacrifices. Don't settle for anything less. That's what the writer of Hebrews is telling these people. Don't settle for anything less. Don't join a sinking ship. Stay the course. Run the race. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't settle for anything less. Don't comfort yourself with dead religion, with self-righteousness. Don't be like the man who, who stares at the framed pictures of his kids on his work desk, but never goes home to see them. Or the widow who sits at her husband's grave rather than caring for her children and her grandchildren. There is no future for you without Jesus. There's no future for you without Jesus. There is no life there. There's only death. There was no heaven. There's only hell. There's no hope. We need despair and desperation. But with Jesus, there is life and there is life to the full. To choose life is to choose Jesus. Trust him. For your today and for all your tomorrows. For your eternity. There is a home in heaven for you. There's a place for you. It's yours for the taking. There's a home for you in heaven. There is peace and family on offer to you. There is a beautiful taste of it now. But now is not all there is. This isn't it. The future, the promise of heaven is yours and it's safe and secure in Jesus he's already there I remember when uh, I moved, we moved house from, uh, from Cornwall where I grew up my dad got a new job uh, up in Gloucester 
and uh, my dad went ahead of us um, to, uh, to get to our new flat that we were renting. Uh, me and my, my brother and my little sister, we helped the removal men, I say helped, we got on the way, the removal men, packing up the house and uh, going away and we, I, I'd, never, I'd never left Cornwall before, you know, like I'd never, I didn't know where we were going and um, we had to phone my dad, phoned him in and said, Dad, are you there? Have we got somewhere to go? He's like, don't worry, I've got the keys to the flat, everything's all right. You can come up. So we said goodbye, shut the door, and off we went. Jesus is already there in heaven, interceding for you. He's gone ahead of you. You might think, I'm not sure I'll get to heaven. Life is too hard and too long. I'm too bad and too weak. But Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. He intercedes for us in heaven. Your trust in him. Don't jump ship to a sinking vessel. Stay the course. Sail off into sunset paradise by trusting Jesus. Don't condemn yourself. Don't doom yourself by going back to your old way of life. By trying to rely on yourself. No matter how hard it is, no matter how tough times seem, times seem, put your trust in Jesus. He will get you safely home to heaven. The song was in there. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. How true that is. Put your trust in Jesus and his promises. And you will be safely home with him. Today, choose life. Trust Jesus. Pray together. Heavenly Father, we just cry out to you now. Lord, please, would you help us to trust you? That we live for you and love you. We'd follow you, Father. Help us to run the race and fix our eyes on you. Anyone here who's thinking of turning their back on you or going back to their old way of life, of trying something else, Lord. I pray, Lord, please, they would fix their eyes on you. They wouldn't be destroyed like that temple. Father, they'd find life in you. But each one of us, Lord, help us to look to you and live. Lord, to long for that day. Our sins are not only forgiven, but forgotten. And we know you perfectly. Lord, we are surrounded by those who love you. Lord, help us to be... Lord, that beacon shining on a hill. Help us to, Lord, realise those promises for ourselves, Lord, to share the good news of Jesus for those around us and for the people beneath. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Soul Church Sunday podcast we hope it helped you and blessed you we'd love to see you on a sunday 6 p.m in neath town hall 